All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation family we're back in the building back in business back in the booth again for another edition of your nba box score breakdown as always it's your host david bracy here with you and with a guest longtime contributor first time guest on the box score breakdown hopefully going to be a recurring guest here another part of our arsenal of um of co-hosts of, of amazing contributors that we have in the network my man, man, Brent, Brent, how are you, bro? Tell the people how you're living. Hey, David. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, yeah, I hope to uh, hope to be a regular contributor as well. I've been doing a, a podcast weekly uh, around the association, a part of our NBA Today podcast uh, with Doug, who's who's co-hosted on here with you before, too. Um, so check that out. We should be doing another one this weekend. But but happy to be here with David on the box score breakdown. Uh, looking forward to just talking some hoops. 
Yeah, man, absolutely. Very glad to have both you and Doug on. You guys are doing some incredible work uh, for the network here. So we're very happy to have two more esteemed contributors joining our little tag team brigade over here. Um, so yeah, let's let's dive right into these hoops, man. And we had some we had some pretty good hoops last night. We'll yeah. open it up with the uh, with the Raptors taking a 125 uh, victory over the Boston Celtics, who finished with 122 points and two overtimes. This was a very fun game. Uh, I'm sure that all of us have heard these these pretty cliche sayings over the last couple of weeks, but it's been the best playoff game I've ever seen in September. Uh, <laughs> I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. <laughs> uh, so talk to me a little bit, Bryn, about what you were looking at uh, in the game last night. What were you liking as far as the Toronto Raptors being able to pull out that win? And do you have some concerns as far as the Boston Celtics? that look like they kind of fell asleep at the wheel there at the end of the game. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Boston let that one slip away. You know, Boston should have closed it out. It should be they should be moving on, getting ready to face the heat. Um, Yeah, it will be the heat. Uh, But yeah, I think the Raptors are just showing a ton of heart. Um, You know, despite Pascal Siakam's struggles, they've, you know, Kyle Lowry and and Fred Van Fleet have shown to be, you know, one of the best backcourt duos in the NBA. You know, they're undersized. They don't get a lot of respect. They're they're definitely underrated, but they deserve all the credit in the world for how they're playing. They've had role players step up, whether it's OG or Norman Powell. Norman Powell hit a huge shot last night for them and, and a couple big buckets, a couple big free throws. Marcus Gasol finally got his, his three-point shot falling. I think he hadn't made a – last night was his first made threes in the playoffs so far. I think I think it was the whole playoffs, maybe just the series, but it may have been the whole playoffs. He's just been ice cold and doing absolutely nothing for them. But luckily, Serge Ibaka has, you know, looking like he's taken a couple of years off his game and and he's looking great out there. Obviously, Boston missing Gordon Hayward a lot, but they're still a strong team. And I don't know. I don't know what happened, but they let that one slip away. And, and Toronto just wanted it more. Yeah, you could tell really as the game kind of went into extra innings, if you will, um, the the Celtics kind of looked like they had they ran out of gas. Uh, The Raptors, I mean, for them, this is definitely not their first do or die game, and it's far from their first do or die game in this series alone. So they had a lot to lose and they played like it. Uh, To your point, you know, Pascal Siakam has been getting a lot of He's been getting a lot of criticism, but before that, I mean, he was getting a lot of credit as a guy who I think most of us expected to kind of carry the mantle here, you know, carry the torch when Kawhi exited from Toronto. Um, We expected it to be the Pascal Siakam show, and maybe that was, you know, a little bit premature as far as our our snap judgments on Kyle Lowry, you know, kind of writing off his, his playoff resume, which before, you know, the addition of Kawhi Leonard wasn't necessarily the most illustrious resume. Uh, you know, there was a reason they were calling it LeBronto for a period. I mean, that guy was getting bounce, <laughs> bounce out of the playoffs left and right here. And I mean, you think about a guy who initially when Toronto got him, there were questions about whether or not he was even a, you know, a, a starting caliber point guard in the state. Right. So, He's come a long way. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation, especially after last night's game, about you know his his Hall of Fame credentials and whether or not he will ultimately uh, find himself with a seat in the Hall. I think personally, Kyle Lowry will. Um, I think he is he's a very tenacious guard. Am I crazy about his his constant flopping? Uh, no. <laughs> is it as bad as Marcus Smart? Uh, it's it's pretty close. It's a tie, I think, uh, at best. Um, 
but but the guy knows how to win. He makes winning plays. Uh, and, and really, you think about the Toronto Raptors without him on the floor. Yeah, I mean, Fred Van Vliet is doing his best Kyle Lowry imp- impression night in and night out. I mean, this guy can get buckets, absolutely. And he's not afraid of a challenge. But the, the tenacity and the intensity that Kyle Lowry brings really helps set the tone. And he's one of those point guards, I think, similarly to Chris Paul, that is a coach on the floor. And that is so important in the playoffs. And again, you saw it last night. The Celtics don't necessarily have that. Yeah, granted, Kimball Walker, you know, a multiple-time All-Star, you could make the conversation in the case for him over Kyle Lowry as a starting point guard, especially to close out a game who you'd rather have, you know, taken that last shot. But Kimba does not have that playoff experience. He, he, he doesn't. I mean, we know he was at Charlotte, and we know Charlotte has been mired with just complete mediocrity for for a long time unfortunately you know michael jordan's doing his best over there but you know maybe he should put on a jersey and get out of the front office because it just <laughs> hasn't necessarily pan, hasn't really panned out over there but yeah you know i i mean it showed last night the raptors have been there before and they played like it the celtics had turnovers late costly turnovers jason tatum had an incredible pass unfortunately it was to nick nurse not Daniel Tice. Uh, again, I don't necessarily know how much you love Daniel Tice bailing out, you know, your your shooters at the end of the shot clock there, which is what that was going to be a bailout corner three, which is not the most high percentage, but would have been better than an out of bounds pass, which is what it was. Um, but needless to say, the, the Raptors have the veteran experience it showed, um, and I'm very curious to see where the game goes in Game Seven here because Game Sevens tend to go the way of the experienced team. I wonder how this one will pan out. Where are you leaning as far as that goes? What What do you think Boston needs to do to really right the ship here? Yeah, I mean, the momentum is definitely in Toronto's favor. If if Kemba Walker can just do anything, then Boston is going to win. I mean, Kemba played 51 minutes and made two shots all game. One for six from three, two for Yuck. 11. That is just not, not hit. He's way better than that. Um, he's got enough. Yeah, right. He's got too much talent around (laughs) him to be, to be playing that bad. And, and Siakam, you know, he's over five from three. He just needs to stop shooting three pointers. He needs to take it to the hole. He's a much better free throw shooter than he used to be. He only got to the line four times. That's just unacceptable from your starting power forward or small forward, whatever, you know, his position is exactly, but he needs to do, he needs to be better. Um, yeah, they're putting a lot of attention on him, which is leaving Lowry and Van Vliet open, and they've stepped up. Uh, Norman, Pat- Norman Powell had a big game, but they only run eight guys deep, sometimes just seven. They may have only played eight guys because it went to double overtime in Toronto. Boston is the deeper team. They have more overall talent. They have more playoff experience, even though Toronto had that run last year. Um, Boston has had a few years in a row here with with good runs. You know, I think Boston should win it. I think Boston will win it. I think it will be another close game, though. I hope, um, you know, it's weird. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Boston because I think when they get Hayward back, I think they they might be my favorite uh, to be able to challenge one of those Western teams for the title. Because I think I'd love to see a full strength Boston Celtics in the finals. I'm going to be pulling for them. But I wouldn't hate it if, if Toronto snuck in here and pulled it out and, you know, went on, you know, for them losing a guy like Leonard and everybody just kind of writing them off and to come back and, and get to the Eastern Conference championship game. And I think they have a great shot at beating the Heat. 
to get to the finals, that would be an amazing story too. So my my mind, I guess my mind says uh, Boston, but my heart says Toronto. <laughs> uh, okay, I hear you. You know, uh, and that's fair because um, I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty split on this decision personally. Like you said, I prefer to see the Boston Celtics just because I like the potential series between them and Miami. I think that'll be a little bit more fun as well yeah. as uh, potential finals berth for guys like. You know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, these guys who have really been have been grinding, you know, at the beginning of their careers to make names for themselves. And you hope to see that pay off. And also for guys like, I mean, Marcus Smart, who is a guy who consistently gets underrated, I think, again, because of a lot of his, you know, flopping and other things. But this is a guy who really, really impacts the game um, and is an incredible defender. I mean, last night, I mean, he triple doubled 23 points. 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Unfortunately, they lost. But yeah, Boston has a very good team. They're deep. They're well coached. Uh, I really, really like the way that they can kind of switch um, and do some different things on both ends of the courts uh, or both ends of the court, I should say. Um, so I, I prefer to see Boston. But it's like you said, it's so hard to it's so hard to write off Toronto. People have been doing it all season long and they've continued to, you know, prove us wrong. So I wonder what Lowry we will get in game seven. Um, if it's the Kyle Lowry, that shots are falling. Uh, it's, it's going to be a long night for the Boston Celtics. Um, but yep. if it's not, then it's going to be a long flight back to Toronto. So yep. we'll see what team shows up here. Um, so, okay. Final prediction. Then you're taking Boston game seven. If, if Boston's bench and Kemba Walker do Anything, literally anything. <laughs> I mean, if you look at Boston's bench, I think uh, the high score was Grant Williams and Wanamaker. They each had six points. We got only two assists off the whole bench. You know, we got fourth. I mean, uh, it's just ugly. Not one bench player shot a free throw for Boston. Yeah. So if, you know, if their if their bench does anything and Kemba, it, you know, shoots better than 40 percent. Boston's going to walk away with this game. Um, so I, I pick Boston. I, I don't think that they're going to have absolute duds two games in a row like that. I think they're going to come out strong. Brad Stevens is a really good coach. He's going to have a good game plan. Um, I don't think Boston lets another one slip away. So, yeah, I pick Boston, but um, I'm expecting another close one. Yep, and I'm going to echo your pick here. I'm going to pick Boston as well, too, and I think it'll be a very close game. Um, we'll see if it stays in regulation. We, we will see. I yeah. think everybody's going to be very tired after after those 50-plus minutes they were getting. So this, hey, this as game a fan, is probably— I want as much basketball as possible. Keep going. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. It gets to a point, though, where it's like, God, somebody just make a shot, and we kind of— <laughs> yeah, We had a couple stretches like that last night. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, that, yeah. so— yeah, so we'll see here. Game seven right around the corner. Um, and then the second set of games we had last night, the Clippers were able to pull out a win, 96-85 over the Denver Nuggets. Now, this series has been less eventful than the previous one we just touched on, but interesting in its own right. Um, last night, it looked like Kawhi Leonard woke up. Not that uh, he'd been asleep in the playoffs by any means, but I think right. last night was one of those seminal Kawhi Leonard games. Uh, 30 points on 10-22 from the field. Uh, hit a couple threes, was perfect from the free throw line on eight attempts, chipped in 11 rebounds, nine assists, four steals, two blocks, and only one turnover. I mean, good God. The, the guy is scary. Uh, this is the defending finals MVP. This is yeah. a guy who, you know, is looking to repeat a championship. Um, and he is very, very locked in and determined. And and that's important, especially on nights like last night when Paul George was 4-10 from the field and had 10 points. 
um, which has been an, unfortunately yeah, a recurring trouble. theme for Paul George. Yeah, man, he and it's tough. You know, it's tough. Some nights the jumpers just not falling. Other nights he's just really the refs aren't favoring him. And it's hard to find a consistent rhythm when you're inconsistently in the game. Um, so, you know, the, it ebbs and flows. But for the Clippers, I think it's a situation where this team is is two teams you have you have the clippers who have a point to prove who are determined who are driven who have a chip on their shoulder and then you have the clippers who are title favorites who have paul george and Kawhi, who don't really seem to how can i put this politely to all the people of denver and the great state of colorado they don't respect the denver nuggets <laughs> they I don't think that they really think the Nuggets have a shot against them in the series. I don't think that they really thought that the Mavericks had a shot against them in the previous series. And then Luca reminded them, you know, anything can happen. And the Denver Nuggets haven't necessarily had that game yet, unfortunately for them. But the Clippers need to to get that figured out because that is not a situation that they can afford to carry into a potential Western Conference finals draw with the Los Angeles Lakers or the Houston Rockets. I mean, both of those teams are capable of punching you in the mouth and making you regret it. So the Clippers need to figure out who they are quickly. Um, I think personnel wise, they're so deep and they're so skilled. Um, They have a little bit more, a little bit more wiggle room than most teams would at this point um, in the playoffs with that in mind. Uh, but, but it's concerning for me. It's definitely concerning for me. As far as the Clippers and the Nuggets series, uh, both teams respectively and and together, um, what are you what are you looking for in this series from either side? Uh, and, and what do you think that the Denver Nuggets need to do uh, to make this a series as the Clippers kind of look to separate themselves? Yeah, I mean, Denver, Denver's got another shot to come back from 3-1. <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> Uh, to do that two times in a row, I I don't know if uh, Jamal Murray a text message from Jamal Murray while he's packing is going to do it again. Um, I know he said he sent he was packing his clothes after last series got to three one and then text the team and said you know what guys I don't want to go home and they ended up pulling it out. I don't know if that's going to do it this game. Um, short of getting Will Barton back, who I it, it bums me out when guys like Hayward and Barton huge contributors you know, near all, all-star level contributors to these teams are, are out with injuries. So we don't get to see what they would look like at full strength. Cause D- Denver with Will Barton is scary. He gives them another ball handler, uh, another, you know, guy who can get quick buckets. It stretches that defense even more. Um, it forces teams like the Clippers who have a great defense to, to pick players. They want to shut down. Um, in this case, it, it's easy. You shut down Murray, you shut down Jokic and you make Tory Craig beat you with jumpers or Michael Porter jr. Who's just a rookie, um, you know, who's playing well, but, but not enough to beat a team like the Clippers who are so deep. So honestly, I, I don't think there's much Denver can do outside of just playing the best basketball of their lives. Jokic will have to triple double Murray will have to drop 40 points and, you know, Jeremy Grant or, or Michael Porter probably each going to have to get at least 15 to 20 to, to make this into anything. I, I think the Clippers are just too strong. They have a bench with guys who would be starting players on pretty much every other team. When you have two guys on your bench that are right up there or finalists for six man of the year, your team is stacked. <laughs> that That's just crazy to have two guys that that could qualify for that award. Um, and, you know, there you we talked about I talked about Toronto and, and only going what eight guys deep, seven guys deep on most nights. You know, the Clippers go they go eight, nine guys deep regularly. 
10 guys deep sometimes. It's just a it's a crazy deep team. I, I think the Clippers just have too much. I think Kawhi is just too much. And I, I think they probably win this next game. I don't even think Denver's gonna gonna win this next game. And um, you know, I, I have the Clippers uh, early on. I picked the Lakers to win it all, but I've been after watching both teams play. Um, I'm really leaning uh, Clippers now as the best team in, in basketball, and I think they're showing it. Uh, Denver's got a great team, and and they they just don't look they just don't look good at all with the Clippers defense. Uh, I think the Clippers just have everything you need to win a to win a championship. You have role players, you have your star players, you have your uh, gritty defenders, you have the guys like Patrick Beverly who remind me of like Bruce Bowen on the Spurs. Just those those guys who just irritate the best player on the other team and and get guys to 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 make stupid decisions. So I look at the Clippers and I see a, I see a stacked team, I see a championship team, and and I think uh, I think they win this next game. Yeah, the the roster construction of the Clippers is definitely something to marvel at. Um, they did a really good job, and I mean it helps when you know you're starting off the roster with the addition of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You know you're <laughs> yeah. you're off to a pretty <laughs> off to a pretty hot start there. But yeah, I definitely think roster composition, especially in the playoffs, is such a huge factor um, in how far you can go. And it seems that the Clippers mesh pretty well uh, with their personalities um, and the guys that they have on their roster. Yeah. And yeah, Denver, you know, Jokic is so talented. Jamal Murray is a great, I think, an ideal pairing um, for for talent like Jokic. But, you know, like you said, it's it's a situation where you are you are not only counting on, but you are depending on the offensive production of guys who are completely, I mean, as far as playoffs go, completely unproven. You know, you're, you're counting on a Torrey Craig to chip in open shots. You're, you're counting on a Michael Porter Jr. to be able to come in and give you an offensive burst. You're counting on a Gary Harris to be able to yep. just stay in the lineup. I mean, and, and these are things that I don't, I don't necessarily think I would take to the bank. Um, Mike Malone, unfortunately, doesn't really have a choice. So you just kind of yep. given the cards that you're dealt. Um, hopefully the Denver Nuggets are able to make this series competitive. Uh, I did not. I did not expect the series with the with the Utah Jazz to go seven games as it did. Um, and I think that neither did they. Um, and I think that that has definitely been to their detriment. You know, it, it, the, the Clippers by no means had easy series, you know, going against the Mavericks who really, I mean, they, the Mavericks played like a four seed in my opinion, even though they were towards the bottom of the bracket there, but uh, if they had they, Porzingis, they, Oh yeah. A whole different series in the Mavericks right up there with the Clippers. And I think the Mavericks would have stomped Denver. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba you know, if Porzingis was there and they had yep. beaten the Clippers. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. And Denver's really, you know, they're, they have a bright future ahead, so they shouldn't be too upset about how this played out. Um, but yeah, when are we going to stop Denver saying that about something. Denver though? <laughs> We've been saying yeah. Denver is this bright future forever, but 
you know, it's not always their fault. There's been some injuries. Uh, losing Barton, I, I'll stand by that. He's their third star, and, yes. and losing him is is rough, and you need that third guy in the NBA today. But they, we've been talking about Denver forever, and it, it's, you know, they've just been right there. But but what is it that that's keeping them from taking that next step? Yeah, I agree with you. And I think for the Nuggets, this offseason is going to be a situation where it's time to cook or you get out of the kitchen. You know, they got they have this roster um, with some pieces that they could potentially move should a superstar or at least a a high caliber player make themselves available, as it seems is going to happen um, this this coming offseason in a couple different ways. So. I think the Denver Nuggets need to make a move here. They need to bring somebody else in that can really help their roster take that next step because I I can't say that they have the luxury of being able to wait around for the development of Michael Porter Jr., even though I think he will be a really good player. Bol Bol has been a fun story. But again, these are guys who, I mean, they did not even play during the regular season, really. you know. And now you're counting on them in the playoffs, potentially. It just doesn't – it's not looking too good for the Nuggets here. Um so hopefully they can find some gold in that roster because right now it's looking like they're going to be going home with bronze. Um, yeah, it's time to move on. It's time to move on from Millsap. Time to move yep. on from Harris. Time to move yep. on from Plumlee. I yep. like I like I like Morris. I like Craig. I think those guys are solid bench guys. If you yep. put those guys in the starting lineup, you're in trouble. I love Porter Jr. I think his game's just going to keep getting better. I mean, he's going to show to be one of the biggest steals in in the draft in draft history. I think, but you know, and and Barton Barton needs to stay healthy. He he's always flashes all star potential, but he always gets hurt. He needs to figure something out in the off season. I don't know if he's change his diet or get Tom Brady's strength coach and eat vegan ice cream or whatever it is that Tom Brady's doing. But uh, <laughs> Barton needs to stay healthy. Um, for them to have a chance and and if you can, you know, get move some pieces or, or sign some guys with, with a salary coming off the books, um, you know, with Jokic and, and Murray, I agree. Great, perfect pairing, great core, especially with Will Barton too. Those three guys are fantastic core. You have, uh, Jeremy Grant. I really like a lot, um, as a power forward who can stretch the floor. I, I think you just need. Or I guess he's kind of a wing. I don't know. Jeremy Grant's a tweener. You know, he's not big enough to bang with with the fours, but you know, he's he's kind of almost too big for a three. So, but I like his game a lot. But but he's still more of a role player. He can't be one of your star guys. Um, so they got the they got the keys there. They get the hardest part to get, and that's your superstars. They have the superstars now. Fill in the right roster with them, just like the Clippers did. The Clippers got the superstars and then they filled in the pieces the right way. And you got to take what's out there. But I think, I think Denver can do it. Um, we just have, we'll just have to see, but they, there's a couple guys they just need to move on from. Yeah. And they'll have plenty of opportunities this summer with, like I said, you know, a lot of teams probably looking to shake up their rosters. Um, top to bottom is what it seems. So a lot of movement, yeah. uh, a lot of potential here. Uh, unfortunately for the Denver Nuggets, it's looking like all their potential lies in the postseason. Or I'm sorry, in the offseason, uh, yep. not so much in the postseason here. So yep. we, we'll see what happens. Um, and that brings us to the last game, uh, not from last night, but from tonight. And it's actually just gotten underway here. That's uh, right. It looks like with a minute left in the first, the Lakers have a three-point lead, 24-21 over the Houston Rockets. Now the Lakers pulled away, uh, currently up 2-1 in the series. We had uh, the appearance and the emergence, re-emergence, I should say, of playoff Rondo. Uh, if you believe that's a thing, um, still, I think the jury's still out for me. Um, but the Lakers, you know, they they have 
LeBron, I mean, they have Anthony Davis. I don't really need to talk about them. You guys know who they are, what they do, what they're capable of. LeBron James, I mean, one of the greatest players of all time, if not the. Yeah. The the Lakers have a lot, uh, a lot to a lot to lose. Um, and they played like it in game three. Uh, they played like it, even though the series was even. They played with, I felt, more intensity. I felt that they were the first ones getting the loose balls. They were the ones uh, really, really winning those 50-50 plays. And that's what they're going to have to do in order to make it to the NBA Finals because both the Houston Rockets and the Clippers are going to be two teams who are not afraid to get down in the trenches with them and fight. Uh, and you see that from P.J. Tucker and his defense on Anthony Davis, who I'm still waiting for Anthony Davis to have his seminal big man game in this series. Uh, we haven't necessarily seen it yet, but his shot has been falling very consistently so you like to see that i think yep. there was a statistic something like when anthony davis shoots over 60 percent from the field uh the lakers um i believe they were undefeated uh, and when he doesn't i mean their record is not as great so that's something to keep an eye out for lebron is going to do a great job finding ad and so is rondo i mean i think a lot of people forgot that rondo and ad built really really strong chemistry during their brief tenure uh together in new orleans um so that was a great it's great to see that it's still there. Um, you see it on backdoor cuts and alley oops. Uh, a lot of great plays out of Rondo, but I just don't think offensively you can expect him to consistently contribute. And when again you're counting on guys like a Rajon Rondo, a Markeith Morris, and Alex Caruso, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope to be consistent offensive contributors for you to to win games against an offensive juggernaut in the Houston Rockets. You're in trouble. And Houston only shot 33s last night, which is about what they get in a half. Typically, you know, they, they took in the entirety of the game. So we'll see what Houston does tonight. Um, Russell Westbrook continues to be continues to be erratic offensively. He had he had a more Russell Westbrook esque game last uh, last matchup with the Rock or with the Lakers, I should say. Um, but it is hurting the Houston Rockets. I don't think we. I don't think anybody can really make a case against that statement. Um, Russell Westbrook is hurting the Houston Rockets, unfortunately, because the Houston Rockets offensively are a team that is is so so inclined and so so favoring of the three point shot, and the Lakers are just baiting and baiting and baiting Russell Westbrook into taking those mid range and three point shots because yeah. they know. He, it's not a threat, you know, it's not a threat. So what do you think that the Houston Rockets need to do tonight as far as Westbrook or just overall, as far as their offensive scheme to try to get out a win and, and, and keep this, keep themselves alive in this series? Yeah. I mean, with Houston, it all comes down to three point shooting every playoff. It, you look at the, you look at the series they blew against the Warriors, you know, what were they like? Oh, for 40 or something from three years, like something crazy like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, uh, I think they're really missing Daniel House. I think that's a totally different game last time. If Daniel House is playing, he's become a big part of their lineup, his scoring. Um, they really miss that. I think they have to they have to take and make a lot of threes, and they'll win. Um, I think tonight, I was just glancing at the box score. You mentioned they had already started. They've only made, they're like one for six or one for seven from three, but they're only down by five points. So I think as long as they can keep it close and those three start falling, they they'll win this game um, for the Lakers. Anthony Davis has to be a beast. Just like you said, where's that big man? And I think tonight might be the night. He's already got eight points and seven boards um, in just 11 minutes. And he's already got a block, too. So looking hungry. Yeah. Davis 
Davis needs to to get some of that LeBron, um, you know, what is that? The extra gear he puts it into for the playoffs or, you know, that the whole thing he got made fun of for saying last year. Um, and yeah, they can't, they, they can't count on Rondo to score. Um, they they need, they need LeBron and AD to score a ton of points. They need Kyle Kuzma to just to focus on what he does and just score the ball. And then they need everyone else just to play solid defense and keep Houston from making threes and, and they'll win this game. They're going to get the rebounds that we know that they're already bigger. So if they can just uh, force Houston to miss, I think you're right. Their game plan has been um, lay off Westbrook and make him shoot um, because everyone else on the team are actually NBA caliber shooters where Westbrook did, Westbrook is not. Um, so they're just going to let him shoot as much as he wants. And because they know they're probably going to get the rebound. So I, I like the Lakers. Um, they were my pick to win the championship before the playoffs started. So I've been leaning Clippers lately, but um, I still, you know, I'm a big believer in LeBron. I've seen it. I'm a, I grew up a warrior fan. I've always been a warrior fan. And and so I've seen a lot of LeBron James in the playoffs and in the final or in the finals and what that guy can do when, when he, when he knows his team needs a game is almost unmatched. It's right up there with what Jordan could do when he knew his team needed a game and he had to step up. So I feel like watching LeBron, I feel like he almost hasn't even tried that hard yet. Honestly, I think he's really just been sort of letting AD do his thing. And he's kind of been trying to get other guys involved because he knows by the time they get to the Western conference championship against the Clippers or the finals that they're going to need a, a team effort. But I don't even think we've seen LeBron really kick it into that extra gear yet. And so I, you know, I, if Houston isn't making all their threes, they're in big trouble because LeBron can always turn it on to that next level, which is going to take out, which is going to stop any any Houston momentum that they start to pick up. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, if Houston's making their threes, they could pull this out. But uh, forget playoff Rondo, playoff LeBron is sitting there and he's going to he's going to step up and he's going to make this thing happen. I, I don't think there's any way that Houston wins this series. I think it's it's going to be the Lakers all the way. LeBron, you can't bet against LeBron until he until he loses, and he rarely does that. So I, I I'm betting on the Lakers and AD, especially if he's putting up numbers like he is right now in the first 11 minutes. That's crazy production. So uh, you know, unless Harden wants to drop 60 on him or Westbrook actually starts making threes, it's Lakers all the way. Yeah, I'm definitely going to favor the Lakers in this. You know, I, I, my prediction was, you know, of course, the L.A. teams meeting in the Western Conference Finals with the Clippers advancing. Um, yep. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I think you're 100% right. LeBron, I mean, this guy's incredible. We all know it. Um, but we have not seen, you know, playoff LeBron yet, you know, and, and, and we might not. You know, he, I mean, the guy's 35. Who knows? You know, but yeah. what we have seen so far I mean, is definitely enough to have any any NBA front office concerned about potentially matching up and meeting up with him in the playoffs. Because, I mean, LeBron knows what is at stake. Um, his legacy was not on the line, but his legacy was top of mind heading into this season. Um, not to, you know, mention the fact that now you have the the multiplier that is the loss of, you know, Kobe Bryant and how that has affected, you know, his mission and then the Lakers franchise. So they're, they're playing for, for, you know, the guy upstairs, uh, and Gigi, you know, they're, they've got a lot to lose this season. Um, and, and they look, and they look determined. LeBron looks locked in. He he's motivating his teammates. He's doing all the LeBron things that we've come, you know, 
to, to love and really, really appreciate and expect out of him. Um, and that's just that greatness that he brings to the court every single night. So I definitely, you know, always got to give LeBron all the credit in the world. Um, but the Lakers, like I said, you know, they they need to separate themselves, I think, in this series and and end it quickly because this, the series around the corner, potentially with the Clippers, I don't see that going any less than seven games. Uh, I think that is going to be a slugfest. Uh, I think we're going to see a LeBron and an Anthony Davis like we have never seen before. Uh, and and that's going to be the only way for them to pull that out because it's going to be a great challenge. And for Houston, you know, it's it's unfortunate that Daniel decided he was going to play house uh, with one of the uh, coronavirus testers there in the bubble because now this man is probably going to be looking at what typically is going to be when you have a violation of quarantine protocol is a, is a 10-day, you know, you know, kind of hiatus and the rockets do not have 10 days they don't nope they just don't so i think it's curtains for daniel house uh, i think unfortunately for houston they're going to be the ones heading back home uh and, and that's just going to be the way that this shakes out because james harden has continued to play up to his playoff uh resume which is a yeah, a, a, you know, a, a relative factor. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, God. And it's so unfortunate because, you know, this is a guy who offensively is so gifted and season after season during the regular season, he just he he wows you. You know, you may not love yeah. his game and his style of play, but this guy, I mean, he's so talented and he just constantly disappears in these series you know i i find it so frustrating when russell westbrook and aaron gordon have no problem jacking up shots and driving to the hoop but james harden wants to dribble for 10 seconds and then pass it to somebody in the corner for a jeff green three for an austin yeah. river step back like those, those are not winning plays and for a guy who's supposed to be at the helm of the franchise he, he is not getting it done so LeBron takes a lot of criticism. I think James Harden deserves a lot of criticism. These guys who lead their teams, who lead their franchises, who lead the league, you know, they're going to be under a microscope. And currently, LeBron is defying and exceeding expectations. James Harden, not so much. So we'll see what happens here for the Houston Rockets. Uh, currently 28-22 with about 10 minutes left in the second quarter. So lots of game left. Um, very, very excited to see how this pans out. So you're taking the Lakers tonight then. So I got this correct, Brent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, I mean, it, it's it's going to come down to you right now. Houston is not making shots unless they find that that. Yeah, it's it's all Lakers in the way AD's playing and with Houston missing shots. It's it's all Lakers. Um, I think with Harden, it's it's tough because when the guys around you are not are not scaring other teams they can everybody can the other teams can just throw everything they have at Harden and no matter how good you are offensively you're not going to beat an entire NBA defense by yourself so he needs he needs these guys to wake up and start doing something and house was one of those guys and I, I can't believe he'd screw up like that in in this atmosphere with the chance they have I mean how many chances do you get to do this and uh, it being such a big piece. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Lakers to go up 3-1. I don't know. Maybe the Rockets steal one more. It's hard without the home court advantage, really. It's, you know, the best teams are going to just dominate. And, uh, you know, I think I think we're well on our way to to the L.A. L.A. Uh, Western Conference Finals that, uh, that a lot of people predicted at the beginning of the season. And it's going to be fun. I can't wait. 
but I feel bad for, for Houston and, uh, you know, Westbrook who really wanted to kind of prove to everybody that how valuable he is. And unfortunately I think he's just hurt his, hurt his legacy because a guy who could average triple doubles like that, we should be talking about him as one of the greatest players of all time, but he's never even close to the conversation because he just doesn't get it done in the playoffs. And, and fortunately that is what really secures guys um, legacy is what they do in the playoffs and guys like Westbrook and Harden and Chris Paul are never going to be held up there with the greats because, because they've never been able to get it done in the playoffs. And, you know, I don't know how many more chances Westbrook's going to get, how many more Harden's going to get. This team is cash strapped and it's going to be tough for them to build anything. They were hoping, you know, they're doing a hail Mary with this small ball lineup and hoping D'Antoni could work some magic with it. But it's, it's, I think it's too late. And, uh, yeah, I think I think their legacies are getting secured as, you know, great players who just couldn't couldn't get it done when it counted. And that's sad because because they deserve more credit than that. Yeah, it's definitely unfortunate, um, especially for a guy like you said, Russ, who has so much passion and you know intensity for the game and can be a lot of fun to watch. Um, it was a really fun story a couple of seasons ago. But, yeah, it's just it's just very unfortunate set of circumstances and. I think uh, guys just have not made the adjustment that they needed to in the playoffs. Um, and unfortunately, that's become their kind of their narrative here. So still hopefully plenty of career for both of them to kind of maybe change that. Uh, but, yeah, that's where we sit right now. And it doesn't look like that is going to be changing here uh, in the series against the, the Lakers. So, yep, we'll see. Um, well, Brent, man, I appreciate you coming on to the pod tonight, talking hoops with us. Uh, we're very, very excited to have you as another host uh, kind of joining us for all these uh, games as we really, really get into the thick of it here with the conference finals right around the corner. So tell the people, uh, tell all of our amazing listeners and the people of Hootball what you have going on from the network uh, outside of uh, our box score breakdown today. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me on, David. I really hope I can can join you regularly, you know, if we can make the schedules work. And and uh, Doug and I, we're planning on doing our uh, our weekend edition of NBA Today. We call it Around the Association. We say we're bringing you all the news from inside the bubble, from outside the bubble, our safe spots outside the bubble. Uh, and you could find me on Twitter at, uh, at Brent Middleman. Um, and uh, that's based off my YouTube channel, which is called The Middleman YouTube channel. You can find me on there. I have a link on my Twitter account where I do uh, like TV show breakdowns, uh, updates on the Marvel Universe. I, I've been doing these 10 minute biographies on, on different people. So uh, having a lot of fun with that. It's pretty new. So if you want to go and subscribe to that channel, having a lot of fun making those videos. So it, it would help me out a lot. And yeah, I, I hope you'll be hearing me on here again. It'll be, it's a lot of fun. Thanks, David. Oh yeah, absolutely. You heard the man, give him a follow on all platforms. Got plenty of awesome content coming for you and already there just waiting for you to go ahead and download, give it a play, subscribe, like whatever you need to do, rate and review our box score breakdown, rate and review all the amazing shows that we have on the Hootball network and otherwise. Brent, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Definitely going to make this a recurring theme here. Uh, always happy to have another esteemed contributor hopping onto the pod. So for everybody out there in the football universe and otherwise, thank you for tuning in to another Box Score Breakdown. We'll be back at it again very, very soon here. Stay safe and keep hooping. All right. Thanks, everyone.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.